Morning, everyone. John Doremus here. And as is the case all day long, at this quality spot on the radio dial, we continue with the sound of the world's most beautiful music. Arthur Schopenhauer said it, hatred comes from the heart, contempt from the head, and neither feeling is quite within our control. And that is our point to ponder to begin this hour of the John Doremus Show. Hello again, and how you doing? Some music about superlatives, thematically arranged, some music about phenomena. We'll do uh, a little bit called Chasing the Gloom, and right now some music about loneliness. This is a common melody that has afflicted us all at one time or another. And so I think it has universal appeal. Music is something we can identify with. Like the first one from Percy Faith, El Solo Toro, The Lonely Bull. The Broadway cast of The Sound of Music with The Lonely Goat Herd, and then Charlie Bird with a song called The Lonely Clown. Loneliness the topic as we set out on a delightful journey at the very best spot on the radio dial. Folks in a town that was quite remote heard lay, oh, lay, oh, lay, 
Lusty and clear from the goat herd's throat and lay on a lay on a loo. On a bridge of a castle motored lay on a lay on a lay Man on a road with a load to tote lay on a lay on a loo Man in the midst of a table dote lay on a lay on a lay Men drinking beer with a foam afloat lay on a lay on a loo One little girl in a pale pink coat heard lay or lay or lay. She yodeled back to the lonely goat heard lay or lay or loo. Soon her mama with a gleaming gloat heard lay or lay or lay. What a duet for a girl and goat heard lay or lay or loo.
Every year there is a National Salesman's Week, and we heartily endorse the idea of honoring our drummers with seven days of festivity. As a start, let unlimited expense accounts be proclaimed for this fiesta. This week, anything goes, boys. Tell them I said so. A salesman is many things. He is a pin on a map to the sales manager, a quota to the factory, an overloaded expense account to the auditor, a bookkeeping item called cost of selling to the treasurer, a smile and a wisecrack to the receptionist, and a purveyor of the bomb of flattery to buyers. A salesman needs the endurance of Hercules, the brass of Barnum, the craft of Machiavelli, the tact of an ambassador, the tongue of an orator, the charm of a playboy, and the mind of a univac. He must be impervious to insult, indifference, anger, scorn, complaint, and the effects of drinking all night with a customer. He must be able to sell all day, entertain all evening, drive all night to the next town, and be on the job next morning at 9 a.m., fresh as a water lily. He must be an expert golfer, card shark, storyteller, businessman, dinner companion, and listener to sad stories. He wishes his merchandise were better, his prices lower, his commissions higher, his territory smaller, his competitors ethical, his goods shipped on time, his boss sympathetic, his advertising better, his customers human. He is a realist who knows none of these will ever be. He is an optimist, so he makes the sale anyway. He rolls away his life in the tedium of planes, trains, and cars. Loneliness in a cheerless hotel room is his most frequent companion. Each morning he hoists on the back the dead weight of last year's sales records and this year's quota. He writes Finney to the day with that special curse of the salesman, the Daily Report. But despite all this, there's nothing he'd rather do. And he'll be the first to tell you so. Not as long as there's something to sell and someone to sell it to. For he is a salesman. Music about superlatives. Now, my friend, one of the most distinguished men the world has ever known was Benjamin Franklin. Of course, his deeds are legendary. He was right about nearly every important thing that came along during his colorful career. But Franklin was on the wrong side of the fence when it came to picking a bird as our national emblem. Most people favor the eagle, but not Ben Franklin. He preferred a wild turkey gobbler. He thought its habits were more in keeping with the noble ideals of our country. He was strongly opposed to the eagle. Franklin once said it didn't truly represent us, but... Well, let Ben put it this way. He is a bird of bad moral character and does not make his living honestly. Franklin was referring to the fact that the sly old eagle frequently let other birds catch a meal from the sea and then swoops down to frighten them. The smaller bird drops the fish, and the eagle promptly scoops it up. Franklin didn't think that this, plus other habits of the eagle, added up to true nobility. But our founding fathers overrode Ben on this point and picked the eagle anyway. They weren't as much interested in his habits as in the fact that the eagle, with his white head and tail gleaming in the sun, is one of the grandest sights in all nature. And I, for one, am glad that old Ben was wrong on something. I hope you will enjoy our songs about superlatives, the sweetest sounds, the friendliest thing, and my favorite things.
drinks are okay They break the ice dancing this way Is also nice, but why delay The friendliest thing two people can do If you are free, no strings attached And you're like me, no wings attached Then it can be the friendliest thing Two people can do Some fellas take and boast of it Some ladies make the most of it Why do they fake the friendliest thing Two people can do When it can be the sweetest And let's face it, the completest And friendliest thing Two people can do
Three songs about superlatives, and we've waxed eloquent, I think, with some fine music on this hour of the program. Peter Nero with the sweetest sounds. This is Richard Rogers' music, of course, from the Broadway show No Strings, a song from Richard Rogers. Edie Gourmet with the friendliest thing, and then another sound from the sound of music. Ted Heath with my favorite things. Now music about the equator. You know strange tales are told in Africa of an elephant cemetery where elephants go to die. In this cemetery lies untold wealth, for here are the precious tusks of thousands of dead elephants, and these tusks are worth high prices on the ivory market. Such tales about a mysterious elephant cemetery where all elephants go to die sound fantastic, don't they? As though they were the creation of the primitive minds of the Aborigines people of the Dark Continent. However, it is not the natives of Africa who put forth this theory, but the white man who sought to take the treasure from the country. It is a well-known fact that the remains of elephants are never found in Africa. We know that elephants do die, but what happens to their bodies is a mystery. These mammoth beasts seem to vanish as though caught up in thin air and never leave a trace. Yet natives in some of the most remote districts of Africa, which have never been explored by white men often bring to the trading posts old tusks which obviously have lain on the ground for years. The natives refuse to provide a hint as to where the tusks were found, and since white explorers have never found elephant remains, the only logical explanation seems to be a mysterious elephant cemetery where elephants go to die. If this be true in this cemetery, will be found ivory worth more than the yield of the gold mines of not only Alaska, but the diamond mines of South Africa as well. We have music about things equatorial on our program. Jealousy, Blue Argy, and Esso Besso.
Music about things equatorial. Jealousy. Herman Klebedoff, a song written close to the equator down in Spain, and it's always been one of my favorites. You should have heard Ralph Parks play that in our high school band back home. Ralph Parks was quite a trumpet player. He lived over on uh, Hobson, I think it was. And on a hot summer night, you could hear Ralph Parks playing that trumpet all the way across town. <laughs> He's now a jet pilot up in Alaska, I think, and he has forsaken the trumpet. We also had Blue Gardenia and Nat Cole, strictly an equatorial flower, and David Carroll with a great song called Esso Besso. And our songs about love's helpers as we kind of put the finishing touches on this hour of our program. The first one is called Come Rain or Come Shine, music by Harold Arlen, done superbly by Frank Shaxfield of the orchestra. And I think you will particularly like the driving beat that Frank Shaxfield utilizes in the percussion section to make this truly one of the outstanding moments in this hour. We'll enjoy Ray Connor for the orchestra, as well as the chorus and a song called Blue Moon. And finally, Marty Gold in the orchestra. Music from the Masters by Franz Schubert. And put to that bossa nova beat of a song called Serenade. Love's Helpers, that's the topic.
We've labeled the closing portion of this hour Love's Helpers, and we've had music by Frank Shaxfield, Ray Conniff, and Marty Gold. Their collaboration has given us good listening, like Come Rain or Come Shine, Blue Moon, and finally Franz Schubert's Serenade. Not only Love's Helpers, but we try to be a helper insofar as you're concerned, and chasing away the blues of the day are kind of relaxing you and offering what we think is the finest in radio programming, the best bill of fare in town. And so that is our program for this time. I hope you've enjoyed it, and I hope you'll make it a point to join me the next time. John Doreen is here. Hope to see you then. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.